to another episode of OA News Overtime. I'm Jordan Hill. With me, I'm Justin Lee. Always. And you're Jordan Hill. Justin Lee. <laughs> Justin, it's draft week. Uh, what's it been like for you getting ready to, to see uh, not only where some of these top prospects are going to wind up, but we've got a, a few Auburn guys are going to be in the mix as well. Well, you know, I've been talking to my agent. Yeah. You know, we're going to see. We're going to see. We're feeling, you know, feeling maybe fourth, fifth, or sixth round. You know, sometimes when you go undrafted, you get to choose where you go. That's the best That's situation. Bad. Yeah. I mean, so. you know, best shape of your life. Yeah, 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 yeah. I coming, mean, coming in to compete. Ran an 8 four forty, and we're there. You know, they always show Rich Eisen running the 40, and yeah. they're always like, oh, look how, like, all five. They're like, man, I would pay to be able to run it and whatever. Because I... He was in a suit, right? Yeah, he, he always runs it in a suit. Mm. I don't know what he ran this year. Well, I guess they, they might not have done it because there was no combine, but... Yeah. I would I would look like uh, uh, Darren uh, Ravel when he ran it. He oh looked like he yeah. looked like a ninety year old man. It's like I ran the forty. What time? Like that's not important. I completed the, the effort, forty. The effort was there. Well, there's a number of Auburn guys. I think it's around six Auburn players that are looking to be drafted. Uh, Justin, just what are your thoughts as we get ready for this? Uh, you know, you got Seth Williams, Anthony Schwartz, Eli Stove on the offense. Defensively, Jamie and Sherwood, KJ Britt. Jordan Peters, Christian Tut, those are all the guys that are hoping their names are going to be called. Initial thoughts and sort of what, uh, you know, as we record this, it's Wednesday, so we'll see uh, the draft get kicked off Thursday night, and then it'll go into the weekend. Uh, what are sort of your expectations and, and the things we could see as far as Auburn is concerned with the draft? I feel like the big question mark is Anthony, right? Like, because everyone else seems a little bit more like a known commodity as far as where they evaluate all of them. You know, between the third and, and seventh round, we don't expect anybody to go uh, tonight, Thursday night. Uh, so, uh, but Anthony, I feel like he's the one who could be someone could reach for him, or, or you know, I say reach, he, he, that might be where he needs to go. But it, you know, he could go anywhere from, you know, maybe second, third round, someone who really wants speed, all the way down to you know fifth or sixth, which which might be you know maybe where his, his production would put him as far as yards go, but obviously, you know, as far as yards and receptions, he's probably fifth or sixth rounder, but speed-wise, hey man, somebody might take him. So yeah, that's, that's kind of what I'm thinking. Like, that's the big question for me. That's the thing, you know, and it's funny, we were looking at some of the different projections, and he is all over the map. I mean, yeah. I saw one projection that said, like, second round, which right. to me, as talented and, and as speedy as Anthony Schwartz is, if you told me he was going to be a second rounder, I'd be really, really surprised. Right, because the stats, the stats are there. Like his, he was his never production. The, he right. was never the leading receiver. Right. He was always the second guy behind Seth. But right. then on the other side, I've seen where he's projected to be like a six rounder, right. which to me, I, I in my head, I'm thinking like fifth round is like where he makes the most sense. Right. But that speed, I feel pretty confident somebody's going to fall in love with that speed. Sure. And, and decide he's worth it. And that yeah, yep. this is going to be the guy we need. Yeah, I think that would that. Yeah, I think surely he'll get picked. Like he won't go undrafted because then you know no one's going to want to let him pick where he wants to go, right? <laughs> so he'll he will get picked. So and then otherwise, you know, what do we got? We got Seth might be the first the first man off the board probably. Um, and then of course on defense, Jamian. I'd say Jamian probably probably so the, the best defensive prospect Auburn has, especially because KJ got hurt. Um, uh, but but KJ has you know projection to, to get picked up too so we'll see how it goes it'll all it'll I think you know Thursday it'll be quiet on the planes for the first time in a, in a while you know it's, it's usually 
But uh, and then I so Friday's second and third round, right? So, so then we're then we're on Seth and Schwartz watch, right? And maybe Jamian, uh, and then and then all the action will, will happen on Saturday. And a lot of guys, as always, will be undrafted free agents, and we'll be able to you know see see those fits, you know, of who goes where. We um, kind of talked about it, and you joked about that at the very beginning. But for a lot of those guys, like a Jordan Peters, like a Christian Tut, you're better off being undrafted. You can kind of gauge the different teams and, and see where it makes sense, where you could have a fit. And, right. and, you know, if you're a sixth or seventh round pick, it really doesn't amount to much as far as security. You know, you're, you don't have your choice, and, and there's a chance you could get cut a lot easier Compared to if you look at your different options and see, well, there's there's a window for me to be able to play for this team or that team. I'm going to go here and try to earn a spot. And I will say, I think, you know, a Jordan Peters is the kind of guy that I think would be a pretty attractive undrafted free agent sure. because of how productive he was on special teams. Right. And I think he blocked like four punts at Auburn. Right. That's a way you make a team. Right. And the fact that there's going to be a preseason this year – you know, it's not going to be – I think it's only three games now. I think they got rid of one of the preseason games. Sure. But compared to last year where you didn't have it because of corona, right? he can come into these games if he can make it to that point in the year with the – you know, in the preseason. You go in there and block a punt, and, and that's the way you make a team. Right, yeah, yeah. I mean, special teams, like – yeah, like you said, making a team. I was thinking about – I think it was a comparison made with a – with an NBA player recently, some some shooting guard who's been in the league for 20 years but never actually been good. But like that's the thing is like you know the, the comparison they made was uh, everyone's just trying to be the best point guard, right? And not everybody needs one. Everybody, like we got somebody for that job, right? And then somebody said it's like going into a, a job application and you apply for the CEO and they're just looking for a janitor, right? Like sometimes you just need role players, and that's how you can make a team for real. Like if, if everybody in the world played quarterback, right? You know what I mean? Like uh, anyway, uh, but yeah, but yeah, like you said, without undrafted free agents, um, you know, you can find the spot. Like the joke was, Will Hastings is going to sign with the Patriots, right? And then he and did. Then, I was like, going to say, and then, and then did. he did. But and that was his best shot. That was his best shot. That was his best opportunity. That was, the, that was his, you know, no complaints. That was the best opportunity he had, and that. Those fits can happen. Like you would rather, if your shorts, if shorts were to go undrafted, which you won't, you'd rather him maybe. He'd probably rather go to the Chiefs, where they've used Tyreek before, versus you know the Packers or whoever. Speaking of the Packers, what were we saying? Uh, we some of these some of these destinations where we might like a fit, right? Yes. You said Seth Williams to the Green Bay. I like that a I, lot. I think that that makes a lot of sense. It's no secret that Aaron Rodgers needs more receivers. Yeah. I mean, they went out with that first round last pick and got another quarterback, yeah, Jordan Love, right. which he wasn't thrilled about. But if you get him, <laughs> he got I mean, farved. Yeah, they tried to farve him. Uh, but my uh, how the turntables. <laughs> the fact you could pair Seth Williams, who is a pretty much an all-around receiver, and obviously was Auburn, uh, you know, Auburn's top receiver the last two years. Bo Nix's go-to guy. I think if you add him with Devontae Adams, I think that's huge. And the the, the thing that makes that pick so attractive to me is that's probably like a third or fourth round pick. Green Bay mm -hmm. can address other needs then come back and get Seth. And the thing that I think could be helpful in that sense with, you know, going to a team, I mean, Green Bay is a Super Bowl contender. Right. So Seth could end up on a really good team because this receiving class is deep. I mean, sure. there's like four or five guys that are realistically first round picks. And, sure. and I think it's fair to say that Seth is probably a notch below some of those guys. I mean, he's still a really talented receiver. Right. Um, so I like Green Bay. I even thought, too, like Baltimore because sure. Lamar Jackson needs more targets. And, 
And, you know, you look at a, a guy like Hollywood Brown that's been beat up and he's not a big guy. Get Seth in there. And that would be so much fun. I think it'd be... That uh, would be my Madden team right there. That, that's that's what I would do. <laughs> um, any other NFL teams, there's a few different guys that I've kind of looked at and, and fits that make sense to me. But put, he, put Jamie in on the Buccaneers to be with <laughs> Carlton Davis and Jamel Dean. Get, to get a whole, whole, whole backfield back there. There's part of me that I'm a Falcons fan. I would kind of like to see Jamie in Atlanta sure. because... Yeah, you know, they need another safety. Uh, they lost Keon O'Neal, and they've had some turnover on the backside of that defense. Sure. And he had the quote of pro day when he was asked about his 40 time. It was, you know, sort of lackluster. It wasn't terrible, but it sure. wasn't, you know, the best. And he was basically saying, look, it doesn't matter what a receiver runs, you know, what a receiver speed is. When he runs into a wall, he stops. That's so I was great. like, man. That's a great Jamie, quote. like, come on. That, that, that's <laughs> the best quote I've heard around the pro day. So I think I'd like to see him there. Sure. Um, Jamie, I don't know, also has been linked to the Buffalo Bills, which okay. Sarah Balcheski <laughs> would really like to hear that. And hey, Former she, OA News Overtime she, star. She could uh, she could keep up with him there. I think he'd be good on that the backside of that defense. Sure. Um, KJ Britt, there, there's something in me, I think, that in my head, like I'm imagining him with the Cincinnati Bengals. Okay. I think that's like a Takiyo Spikes, I think, in my head. Sort sure. Of like. He feels like an AFC North person. I can see that, and I've seen he's been linked to to the Los Angeles Rams. So imagine him playing in the second level, and he's got Aaron Donald uh, in front of him. That, yeah, that's that's the dream right there. Those are that's a, there are worse situations you could find yourself in as a rookie. I mean, yeah, talk about undrafted free agents. If you could sign anywhere, I don't know how everyone just doesn't sign at LA. I mean, LA. But this is uh, this is. I'm also the person. If I was a five star prospect, I'm going to Hawaii. I don't care. You know, I mean, I can't really fault you. I mean, you could just... I don't understand how they don't just get everybody. But, you know, a lot of people might say New England. I think in my head, just the competitor in me, I might say the Patriots just because I want to go win another Super Bowl. Sure, sure. Well, we'll see how they look now. Year two of Cam. They're going to give Cam a full year. I'm, I'm going to be interested to see how that works. And that could be another situation, too, or maybe... Imagine like, chance. Imagine an... Anthony Schwartz Ooh. as another one of Cam's receivers. That'd be pretty fun. That'd be something. He could use a receiver. He has four scarecrows that he throws to right now. They they did get uh, Nelson Aguilar, who uh, okay, you know, sure. Eh. <laughs> and, and there and there are some projections that they may wind up getting one of uh, the Alabama receivers, maybe Jalen Waddle. That would definitely Woo! help. That would help. That would help big help, time, especially after uh, Julian Edelman retired because yeah. they got to get him more help. That makes sense. So it's going to be a, an interesting uh, few days as far as Auburn is concerned. And again, yeah. I, I probably think, Friday and Saturday. And I think the biggest thing for anybody watching this, like nobody got drafted, you know, a lot of these guys didn't get picked. Might be the best situation for some of these guys to, right. to be undrafted free agents and right. get to sort of choose where they're going to start their pro career. Right, right. We'll have it all. Go to onow.com. Follow us on Twitter, <laughs> social media, turn on those alerts. and. Yeah, and especially because like when you're watching the draft, all that's on TV. The undrafted free agent stuff, we'll track all that. We'll 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 let you know where everybody goes. For sure, for sure. Well, let's uh, change directions a little bit. We're talking about the guys getting ready to go pro that were at Auburn. Let's look at a guy that we thought was coming <laughs> to Auburn, but uh, transition is, is instead, there. We go. We made the move. Is instead uh, looking elsewhere. Trey Alexander, a four-star guard, uh, was. You know, the thought was he was coming, and then he decided last week, uh, not so fast. So he's uh, exploring his other options. I know Oregon and 
trying to think of who else was really on him. Oklahoma, Arkansas, sure. uh, or not Arkansas, I'm sorry, Kansas. Yeah. Uh, was some of the teams that were, were really looking at him. Uh, Justin, thoughts on Trey deciding, you know, he's going to go somewhere other than Auburn and, and to, to kind of explore his options after what's been sort of an interesting overhaul of the Auburn roster this offseason. This is a 2017 Women's SEC Tournament ball. Did you know that? I did not. All right. That's what this is. Uh, anyway, uh, no, I mean, the roster was full. And uh, I can't say I told you so because I didn't say anything beforehand. But, like, you know, in private we were having these conversations like, you know, I mean, I don't know what they're doing. And, like, you know, everyone – it's like, well, the main thing is, like, the recruiting, the fans on Twitter and everywhere else kept being like, oh, who are we going to get next? Like, who's going to come in? I'm like, bro, you're full. Like, relax. And that's where it is now. Like, obviously the roster – to be clear, the scholarships are such that I think right now they're one under if Thor stays. If he leaves, they're two under. But playing time, there's not enough. And I think we talked about that last week. Like, it's, there's not enough to go around. And you've got to find some role players. And, like, from, from Trey's perspective, and, like, I saw it argued that, oh, well, we left the, uh, three guards left, so we're replacing them with three guards. They're not the same. Like, it's not Jamal and, you know, and Turbo is not these two, you know, Zepp and, and, and these guys have started like 60, Desi, they've started like 60 college games. Like, that's not the same. So, it, you know, you've got to find a bench player. And, you know, if you were, I think Trey, if he was coming in with other freshmen, he would feel a lot better about his chances. But when you bring in incumbent college starters who've been there before, you know what I mean? That's, uh, that's, that's tough. So I understand him. I also understand and can imagine uh, how different Auburn's needs and wants could be after seeing the se- – from November to now. From November when Trey signed to now, you know, you, could, you have a whole season to read and react from. And reading the tea leaves a little bit, you know, you think about uh, going after a guy like Desi. Maybe you say, hey, we were so young, inexperienced last year. We need experience. We struggled on defense. We need a defender, right? So these coaches, they all pushed for this early signing period, and now you kind of see the mess it makes, right? Because everything's different from when they signed Jabari and Trey back in November or October, whenever it was. Everything's different now. So, uh, yeah, it's a, a tough, you know, tough thing. You, if you're an Auburn fan, you don't want to see a great guard leave. But, I mean, that's, that's college basketball now. That's how, that's how it is. Uh, you certainly you can't badmouth the kid because they kept recruiting at his position. I mean, if 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 Bo was here and Auburn brings in Justin Fields to replace him, you know what I mean? You, you can't just be like, oh, soak it up. You probably wish him luck on his way because he got replaced. Yeah. And you know, maybe you know, and it's it's not exactly a one-to-one comparison, but that's they kept recruiting his position. And the thing that you hit on that to me sums it up is there's only one ball. I mean, <laughs> I mean, yeah. there's just there's. I understand a guy that is as highly touted as he is as, you know, had as many options as right. he had. Right. This wasn't a guy that, like, last minute Auburn gives him an offer and right. it's this or I'm going FCS, something like that, Division yeah. Two. Yeah. He had plenty of, of highly touted teams. and Kansas pre- is calling you. Yeah, prestigious Go teams. On, He's from Oklahoma, so, I mean, I, I think playing at an Oklahoma or even Kansas, like we're saying, yeah. that's got to appeal to a guy like that. So. I can't blame him. I can't blame Bruce Pearl and those guys for saying, look, we want some more experienced guys. Right. And, and getting a guy like Desi Sills, I mean, he, he started for Arkansas, I think, the last three or four years. So, right. I mean, this is a guy that can help you right away. And, 
and, and can play a pretty important role. So it makes sense to me in, in all sort of forms of the move. If you're an Auburn fan, you don't like to see that you lost that kind of talent, but still plenty of talent, and, and it definitely makes our job easier trying to figure out, again, <laughs> how do you get all, all you know, who's yeah. the five guys you have on the floor at any given right. point? Right, yeah, and I, and I don't know what they do next. You know, I don't know. They got to find maybe some Juco kid who's still out there looking looking for a four-year school. I don't know. Maybe they keep shooting for, for all the five stars they can find, you know, maybe they do. Uh, at a certain point, I think you, you start finalizing your roster and you start figuring out, you know, who, 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 how do we fill this up? Who might could come in and be a role player and, and understand that? So, uh, yeah, we'll see what's next. I mean, but now all of a sudden they, they could use a kind of a wing and a, and a, and a, a shooter. So uh, we'll see. But, yeah, that's, uh, it's a tough look. But like you said, I, you can't – I can't, certainly can't blame the kid, can't blame the team. That's basketball now. You're seeing it. You're hearing it more and more. You're seeing it more and more. Folks, uh, <laughs> folks are talking about. You're, we got the new tra- the new transfer rule is out there. The one time transfer. Uh, it's just going to be more acquisitional than it was before. That's just how it's going to be. I will say, with the, the thought of trying to figure out, you know, what's left of the roster spots, I'm just imagining Bruce Pearl with like the Zach Galifianakis, like the math in his head. That's sort of what he's trying to, to figure out. I'm sure he's still trying to figure out if, if Thor's coming back or not. That would obviously answer a whole lot of questions. That's going to solve a lot of issues one way or the other. I mean, right. it would create more issues with trying to fill his void or or right. to to put him in and, and put it in pin that he's coming back. Right. No doubt. Um, let's change and, and go back to the diamond. Let's do it. Let's start with baseball. Baseball. Okay. Grab baseball. Here's one. Here's a glove. Do you want one? Uh, no, I think I, and I'm, I'm left-handed, so so that's, I don't know if that's a right-handed Really? Glove. Yeah, left-handed. I uh, guess it's a right-handed glove, it would but go it's on your, your left hand. hand. <laughs> Correct. Uh, Auburn baseball uh, knows how to put a glove on their hand, but they haven't had the luck that they've wanted uh, the last couple months and continued this past weekend with a tough series against number 10 Florida. Only took one game, and, and again, I feel like we're a broken record with this. Right. Those two losses were each by two runs, so it's right. another situation where Auburn was in the series and had a chance to take the series, which I think would have gave them a lot of momentum. And couldn't do it. So you look right. at another SEC series loss, and they're getting ready to play at number twenty Georgia this weekend. Right, Justin. What are sort of your thoughts on, on where the baseball team stands as we get closer and closer to the end of SEC play? I feel like you really wanted to take that Florida series, and I think when that opener, when the when the opener didn't go their way, it kind of feels like they're cooked because. Uh, the thing about the rest of the schedule is, I mean, you're playing nationally ranked Georgia, but if you go into the SEC standings, they're playing, they have left, what is it, Georgia, Texas A&M, um, LSU, and Missouri. So Georgia and Missouri are the two worst teams in the East in the standings, and then Texas A&M and LSU are just above Auburn in the bottom of the West standings. So, I mean, it beats the heck out of playing Arkansas on Ole Miss and Mississippi State. And I think it does so. show you real quick uh, – <laughs> that how competitive the SEC is. Right. Right? Georgia's number 20, Georgia's and running. they're yeah. almost last in the East. Right, right, yeah. So the, you got a chance to get some wins here. Um, I don't know. They, they've got to do some catching up just to get to Hoover, and then they'd have to do a lot in Hoover uh, to make the postseason. Uh, you know, winning, winning a couple from Florida would have helped. So um, it's tough, man. It's tough, and I think some hard decisions are going to have to be made soon. Um, about just how the roster goes and, 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 and what's next. But, um, yeah, uh, chance to pick up some wins. 
chance to build some momentum, chance to figure some things out. Uh, right now, though, all you can do is go one game at a time because it just does not help you to do anything else. So uh, we'll see what we'll see what they can do here with Georgia. No doubt. And and the thing to me, we had a chance to talk to Butch Thompson on Wednesday, and he talked about that. They ended the series against Florida with a doubleheader, and, and they lost the back end of the doubleheader, won the earlier game. And he talked about, you know, I might have sounded a little rough after that game, and it was, uh, you could just tell it was because he knew how valuable taking that series would have been. Right. Um, but, you know, he still displayed full confidence in the team and said, you know, it's just a matter of, of getting the chance to make a run. And he said, you know, we're ready to make a run. I'm ready for us to make a run. Right. But, but we have to take advantage of the opportunity. You know, he was saying that, you know, you can be blessed with an opportunity to achieve something, but then you have to go achieve it. Sure. Georgia series is, is the time to, to try to take advantage of it, but it's not going to come easy. You know, this Georgia team again is ranked. Uh, just a few weeks ago, they rocked Kumar Rocker, which hey I now. know uh, the second time I've done that. It's just, <laughs> it just rolls off the tongue. I mean, this is not a pushover in this Georgia team. And no. I think, I, I know I keep saying it, but I think you got to take this series. You know, right. win at least two of these games and, and try to set yourself up to play an improving LSU team and, and uh, you know, a couple other teams that I think you can beat in uh, Missouri and, uh, right. and, and then Texas a Yeah, yeah. It's tough, man, and I, and I don't know what, at what point you kind of pack it in and say, well, what can we do next season, but anything you do, you can learn from it, you know what I mean, no matter what. they, you know, Take it one game at a time, the, the stats and the film will be there, you can evaluate it later, right, when we talk about, you know, when do you pack it in for next season, so, uh, yeah, that's the thing, you just go one game at a time, I mean, obviously the goal, if you have one, is to make the SEC tournament, because I guess the top 12 go, right, and only so 13 and 14 won't even make it to the to the tournament so um yeah that's that's where they're at just trying to trying to win more um it's hard to diagnose uh what happened um i think it kind of shows just the margin for error in the sec i mean it's a broken record we keep talking about how good the sec is but in a lot of these sports in baseball and softball you know and we talk about gymnastics and those the, the SEC is the it's the elite of the elite. It's the best in the in the in the, in the country, and uh, so it kind of shows that you can go from the class to the bottom pretty quickly, just because everyone else is that good. No yeah. doubt, no doubt about it. All right, switching over. Moving, moving here we the ball. Here we are. Keep the glove. Yes. I use softball. This is an Auburn high softball. Yes, yes it is. Fill us in on Auburn softball and, and sort of where they're at right now. Uh, it's kind of the same deal, <laughs> right? <laughs> they need wins. They need wins, man. Uh, yeah, kind of the same situation. They went. They got one out of two in, in last weekend against. Uh, was that Kentucky? I don't know who they played. Ole Miss. Ole Miss. Yeah. <laughs> who's to say? Well, not who's to say. One out of two. Uh, they probably need a little bit more. I think they're in a they're in a they're in a better situation than baseball, of course. Um, they just need to win some more games, and then uh, like we, we one of the things we kind of talked about is that these regional sites are not based on RPI. I think you know they're based on safety this year, right? And, and geography, not so much home field advantage. That's not what they're gonna try to do this year uh, because of COVID-19 and everything else. So, um, so I mean, that, that kind of would favor a team like Auburn, you would think they can go, hey, let's just get to the tournament. You know, we're not gonna go into a bunch of killers in their own home, home field, right? Uh, just get in the postseason. Be, you know, hope that 
iron sharpens iron, and at the back end of this grueling SEC schedule, you can get in this regional and go, hey, we've been here before. We did it all season in the SEC. So uh, that's, where, that's, that's where I say their hope is. I think they're in a better, better position than, than baseball is as far as the postseason. Um, that's the goal right now is just get in the tournament, see what you can do, right? So, um, but yeah, I, I think that's the thing to keep an eye on is where these regionals are. It's not quite the same thing. So you could be going to a neutral, neutral site instead of into someone's own, you know, backyard and into the, the belly of the beast. They're down. And I think the thing that, that has been impressive, uh, I was looking at some of the stats from Shelby Lowe, uh, one of Auburn's pitchers. First in ERA in the SEC, first in strikeouts to walks, and the fewest walks in the SEC. Right. So you got a, a pitcher like that, you can rely on. You're right. Hey, man, you get in the postseason, pitching's the equalizer. That's what, and that's what Auburn's hanging its hat on right now. Right now, Auburn has great pitching. Bats are ice cold. <laughs> Which is almost the reverse of the baseball sure, team. Sure, yeah, The baseball right. team can hit, Right. pitching has been dreadful. Right, right, right. Yeah, the, the softball. But, yeah, once you get in the postseason, hey, man, a pitcher – can equalize it, you know, you get a no-hitter out of somebody, you can win a game. Yeah, Shelby and Maddie could, could make that happen. So another reason why you feel a little bit better about softball. For sure. Well, let's get ready to wrap this episode up, and again, let's turn it back wrap this up. to the NFL draft. Uh, there's been a lot of crazy moments over the years. What do you think of when you think of past NFL drafts and and what immediately comes to mind of watching the draft? Dude, I just, I just see the clips of, like, ESPN puts out their best moments from past drafts. And, like, far be it for me. I hate ESPN. I never watch it. But just the old drafts where, like, Mel Kuyper's, like, ticked off. And then, uh, you know, every, uh, you know, and then, the, like, the GM is over here, like, I don't know what Mel Kuyper, what does he have to say about anything? <laughs> My like, next door neighbor has more cred uh, credentials than Mel Kiefer. And and he's just, a postman. And then it just cuts to Mel Kiefer. Like, <laughs> it's like, and like the Jets fans are booing just because they can and they're drunk. I just, I miss the old days of just like, let's just argue about it. Like seriously, because now it's always, now, I feel like it hasn't happened in a long time. But like, man, I just miss that retro, that retro vibe. They're all in this room, looking four by three analog, just yelling at each other in microphones. That's all I want. I want more just arguing with each other because it's hilarious. I, I love it. The best part, I have a buddy that's a big New York Jets fan, so I send him, somebody had strung the quote unquote best of the Jets draft picks and I sent yeah. it to him and yeah, yeah. they pick like a fullback with the fourth overall pick and everybody boos to that. Some tight end we don't even remember. Yeah, Who was it? Somebody over Warren Sapp. Yes, yeah, it was yeah. a tight end. Uh, I think it might have been from Penn State because I saw that and, and they talked to Warren Sapp and he was just like laughing. <laughs> he was just, he was, he was in on it. Dude. The only other thing I really think of was, I think I was like 13 or 14, the draft was right around my birthday. So some yeah. of us were watching it. And the Falcons had like the third or fourth pick, and I really wanted them to get Glenn Dorsey, defensive yeah. tackle that was so good at LSU. Right. And instead they got this guy named Matt Ryan. <laughs> and I was this like, guy. no, just get Glenn Dorsey. He's so good. Right. And then we'll go get Brian Brom from Louisville. Ooh. He's going to be a stud. And oh, yeah. I, I was wrong. <laughs> they, they made the right pick. And it, so, some people were wrong about that draft, and I was one of them. I was one of them. I, I did not think that that Matt Ryan's off-balance throw didn't impress you, the across-the-body in Boston College? That, that, that was his one highlight. 
I know they beat Virginia Tech one time, and I also think there was one time in like a really tense game he like got sick on the sideline or something, then came back in and yeah. came back. But yeah. hey, it worked out, and Glenn Dorsey didn't yeah. didn't quite have the career we all thought he would. I used to love the draft. Like I understand ratings and stuff, but back when it was on one day, it was so great. Like and now it's now it's just it's not. The kids these days won't have Thomas. The, you may not remember. Tom, this. Intern Thomas doesn't have the experience that we once had. Uh, but yeah, it's. Uh, Maybe maybe they can make it fun again. They need to. It's become a, a you know kind of a why not thing. Like come on, used to be a lot more fun than I, I feel like. I'm just amazed. I used to can just consume that media. You know what I mean? Like I used to just watch all of it. I can tell you like the 15th ranked linebacker yeah. or whatever, and that just doesn't exist. Like in high school, and now it's like oh, I, I, I can't. It's, you know, it's not my job. <laughs> exactly. Well, let's wrap it up. We're going to get ready to watch the draft ourselves. Again, uh, everybody, thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. And until uh, next week, uh, take care.